on these three lives. Welcome, listeners, to the 55th <laughs> chapter of the QAnon Anonymous podcast. The guys travel to Tom fucking Arnold's house and get thoroughly pilled episode. As always, we are your hosts, Jake Rokotansky, Julian Fields, and Travis Few. This week, we trekked out to the Beverly Hills compound of actor and intelligence gatherer Tom Arnold, where we set up our recording equipment on his dining room table and got the lowdown on just about every recent headline. Michael Cohen's recorded phone call, why Jeffrey Epstein really got kicked out of Mar-a-Lago, Ghislaine Maxwell's tumultuous past, how George Papadopoulos may not be familiar with his own book, whether Simona Papadopoulos is a spy, Donald Trump's golden adventure, Jerry Falwell Jr., his wife, and multiple pool boys, the reason why Bill Barr accepted his position, the maybe-not-so-made-up deep state, and Carter Page's dalliances with Russian spies. Oh, God, we're fucked. This episode is bursting with incredible stories, which we have painstakingly tried to break down into sections, frame for you, and cross-check with existing reporting. Now, let's be honest. We're terrified, and, uh, <laughs> and uh, when we headed in to interview Mr. Arnold, none of us expected this to be the result. So join us, beloved listener, as we attempt to Sherpa you through Hurricane Tom. Interview with Tom Arnold. Do you guys get death threats? No, I mean, I mean, I get, I mean, I get, I get people who are ma- angry at me. They make, they make some sort of snide comments. Be like, oh well, if you really think you know Q is so dangerous, maybe you shouldn't stop you know yeah. poking the bear and stuff like that. Yeah. Well, but, you know, you made some snide comments too, there, Travis. Oh yeah, well yes, it's true. <laughs> it takes true. it takes two to tango. Yeah, right, as my right. Dad used I, to I say. mean, I, yes, I, I, I do like yeah, I make fun of them pretty frequently. So I get it, I get it. I think you made fun of me. Before. I did. I, oh, I did. Yeah. I did. I. Oh, yeah. I, I think I have. Actually. Yeah, that's you have. You have. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Stuff we're canceling. Yeah, now you're in my fucking house, dude. Let's see. That's right. right. I'm going to get this fucker in my house. That's right. Dude, fucking. Dude, Tom Arnold is gassed up on iced tea, man. He's going to fuck you up. Yeah, right, right. I do remember this. Uh, I remember tweeting about uh, you and uh, the Papadopoulos' ones. And uh, and I thought it was very funny. Well, it uh, makes me laugh. It made me laugh. Whatever it was, there was one time when I saw something, I was just laughing my ass off. I'm like, this guy. He's a sniper. That's exactly what I did. He's a snipey little bitch. You're right. I'll tell you, I, you know, <laughs> there, I, I, my, what I am on Twitter is, is one thing and it's a, Certainly very effective for what I do. And, <laughs> and, uh, but, but man, I'll tell you, there's sometimes I go, that that makes me laugh. I'm going to, you know, you know, you, but obviously you guys know you can't take things seriously because you got to take a step back and look at mm. stuff. And I, and I also like to troll people. I don't, I wasn't trolling you, but I kind of think, who the fuck is this guy? And I laugh, but then I look at the picture of what what is this guy doing? And, and sometimes I because I'll see something and I'll take a look at what you're really doing. What are you doing right, right. for the world? What are you producing? What and then I kind of looked at what you do and uh, I thought, well, this guy's doing something. This guy's doing something I appreciate. You don't you you could do whatever you you know. There's a reason you're sitting here. Right. You know, Trump and Epstein. So in the upcoming segment, Tom talks about Donald Trump and late friend of the show, Jeffrey Epstein. He also references Jeffrey's alleged ex-partner and sex trafficking madam, Ghislaine Maxwell, who Tom refers to as G. 
Now, I looked it up, and G is allegedly the name she went by during her latest slow-profile stint living in Manchester-by-the-Sea in Massachusetts. For reference, Ghislaine was first linked to Epstein around 1992. Here are some other dates that will give you context. In 2000, at Mar-a-Lago, there are pictures of Trump, Maxwell, Epstein, Melania, and Prince Andrew partying together, seemingly close friends. And, and I mean every one of those in the same single photo. Yeah. <laughs> uh, around 2004, Maxwell apparently exited Jeffrey Epstein's circles and got together with Ted Waite, the billionaire co-founder of Gateway Computers. They enjoyed cruising around on a yacht named Plan B. And uh, what was it you said about Plan B? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Plan A was, uh, you know, sex trafficking children. <laughs> plan B is having, sailing around the world. Having a nice yacht. <laughs> plan B is escaping from Plan A. Yeah. In 2008, Epstein was convicted for the first time. The subsequent negative attention Ghislaine received apparently bummed Wade out and led to their 2011 breakup. Now, you might also have seen the infamous picture of Maxwell in the front row of Chelsea Clinton's wedding. What I did not know is that apparently she was actually there as Waits plus one. Wait is a family friend. Now, that's not to say there's no connection there, but that does give a little more context to that photo. And that was in 2010. Now, in the segment, Tom also references Julie K. Brown, who is the Miami Herald reporter credited with most of the investigative journalism that led to Epstein's original arrest, among other work on the topic. She's pretty great. Note, um, when Tom hands Travis's phone for him to look at the Cohen text messages, Travis saw that Tom was also conversing with Julie K. Brown, among other high-profile reporters. <clears throat> Jake Tapper. So, uh, <laughs> another name dropped. Yes, we're all... Yes. It's too late, boys. All I don't right. know what to fucking tell you, okay? Who fucking gives a shit at this point? Um, another name dropped in this segment, Les Wexner. Now, this billionaire owned... L Brands, which includes Victoria's Secret, Bath and Body Works. Uh, briefly, it owned Abercrombie & Fitch, although they later sold it. And Wexner was the alleged source of most of Epstein's fortune. He managed Wexner's money for him. Now, they apparently parted ways in 2008, which is the year of Epstein's first conviction. Mm. Um, which means that like, when he was accused by all those victims in like 2006, Wexner stuck with him for like another year and a half. <laughs> <laughs> so that's how much he gives a shit. Oh, my God. So I think that's enough context for this first segment. And uh, I mean, we'll be doing this kind of context before every segment because Tom is a very manic speaker and he jumps from one thing to the other. And so we thought uh, we would give all the information he gives us a fair shake by really breaking it down and, and putting it into digestible bits. We'll also be doing a debrief on the other side of every one of these segments. You know, and to me, I'm not objective about Donald Trump. He is a menace. He's got to resign. It's going to be worse. He's not good for my children, my children's future. I've known him 30 years. I know exactly what I'm talking about. Done. But but because of his connection to Jeffrey Epstein, you know, there's so many financial things. Again, with these Russians co-signing those documents. In 2008, when the financial market went bust, to he went to Jeffrey Epstein because these Russians wouldn't even co-sign for him. So because having the financial documents of Jeffrey Epstein, you, ha you have Trump's documents because of Michael Cohen asking him for more money and him saying no. That's why Trump, they had a falling out. Because Epstein <clears throat> wouldn't loan him any right. more money? Yeah. <clears throat> and he kicked him out of Mar-a-Lago. So that's why he kicked him out, not because he was, you know. That's 100% why. Yeah. And, it's, and, and here's, another thing. here's another thing that'll make you, if you're cute, this will make you... Uh, there's a woman named Giselle uh, uh, Maxwell. 
Uh, G is who, uh, you know, she, uh, her fiance is a guy named Ted Waite for seven years. He went to the University of Iowa with me. Between 2004 and 2011, she had a fiance from Iowa, Ted Waite. He started Gateway Computers. So he was sort of, he was her white knight, tried to get her out of the Epstein stuff. Whoa. And so Ted, you know, and I get that, a guy from Iowa, we're dumbasses. I've been in a position like that with Roseanne where I'm like, I will rescue her. Yeah. I will kick. So Ted is a is a great guy. He started, uh, he's got these, uh, he's trying to save the oceans. Look at the Weight Foundation. Look at the, it's W-A-I-T-T. Look at the stuff he does to save the oceans. He's a very successful, wealthy guy. So Ted comes to me uh, last, a year ago, and says, you know, obviously I want to help with Epstein, Trump. You know, uh, they have been investigating uh, G for a couple, for a year. That's just Lane. Yes, just Lane, and, uh, because they've asked for his flight manifests for she and Ted. She asked for them because they're in touch. And, uh, and, and he said, Here, here's the crossover with Trump and Epstein financially. So a year ahead... So I have that because, you know, my Trump thing. Yeah. He also knows I have the show. So, you know, it, he keeps going back to this financial stuff with Trump, but also with Epstein. So you're saying potentially <clears throat> Trump knew about the network and what Jeffrey Epstein was up to? Well, no, Trump, <clears throat> remember, he's incompetent. So he's aware of the young women. He wanted to have a, a, a his modeling agency was patterned after, you know, they're sharing information. The French guy, uh, Jean-Claude or whatever, right. had a legitimate modeling agency there. Yeah. They just, he saw the F Jeffrey Epstein, he's like, I want to be like him with the ladies. Mm -hmm. I want to be like him with Trump models. But there's no, like, uh, deep, like, you know, and, and, and that's where this conspiracy You're stuff, saying he doesn't have the deep state connections. No. Yeah, no. yeah it sounds like the no. information. And there's no tape. Of Bill Clinton and all these people, I you know I spent a lot of I spent time with uh, Epstein's flight attendant, for instance, mm -hmm. a year over a year ago. I, I went down because I was doing the show, and there, there's stuff you can't show on TV because when you say rape and stuff, you have to have. But I actually went FaceTime with all these people and, and a bunch of the victims, and that's the thing that Julie K. Brown did too. She built. She went out and about, and there's a couple other journalists, Caitlin uh, Fulmer from uh, ABC, too. I said, I will help you if you go to Tennessee and you meet these victims, and I you eyeball them first. And they, that's why the ones that she met were the first, pe the only people that have confronted Jeffrey Epstein, because she went to on foot to their place and met them. And they, then she was able to have pictures with them on, on uh, Good Morning America. And they're the two women that confronted him before he killed himself. She, it's about building this bank of the actual victims. Conspiracy people want to go, I want the tape of Bill Clinton and Trump and this guy and this guy and this guy. It's good to talk about tape to keep this stuff going. But right. it's this web of two, three hundred victims because men go, well, that's why Trump is the president. That's why Jeffrey Epstein kept doing it because men let things slide. They're like, oh, 15, 14, that's okay because in France or in Romania, it's okay because this, because, you know, Melania, where she's from, it's okay. Well, it's not, stop it. It's not fucking okay. This is what's happening. They're fucking children. 
That's the fact. How did and what happened the year before to them? And where were they the year before? Stop it. It's a business. It's slavery. They, you guys are all fucking part of it. it and that's why, you know, this, and that's the real conspiracy. And that Bill Clinton is fucking stupid. Yeah, he got on that plane and the whatever. And he flew to Africa with his flight attendant. He took her shopping for her mom or whatever. He should know better. First of all, he's got a fucking wife. If, if you're going to, how much shit does Hillary Clinton have to fucking deal with? Epstein was doing this with the cameras too, no? Yeah, yeah. Collecting, what? Uh, uh, capturing thoughts well, on people. He's got, what, what is it, Epstein's, when they raided his place, there was a lot of girls video girls 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 and uh I, but you're looking for that that other stuff but what who is he building compromat for i you why do you th- assume he was building it i mean he oh, videotaped yeah. everything kept he, it all like was it just for his who own said he did that i mean uh it was in the news that he had the, there was there was the, part of a lawsuit that that, that that alleged that he had cameras that he used to uh, he had cameras at palm beach yeah uh they were not great quality that those have been seen with what is original arrest. Yeah. You know, Trump tried to, to uh, use that technology. He did have excellent technology in New York City. Yeah. He helped Les Wexner. Les Wexner said, oh, I wasn't aware of him. Last year in Columbus, Ohio, put that technology in his house. And so that's a big deal. Les Wexner is like, whoa. Who, who, who started The Limited and Victoria's Secret yep, and right. made billions of dollars with him. Yep. It's like, whoa, I did not know. Je- Jeffrey Epstein went there and helped him do the technology. Les Wexner's house looks like a goddamn fucking fortress. Right. Jay, he, Les Wexner gave Wait. Epstein that apartment. Just said, hey, you can have it. It's a $70 million apartment. So imagine how rich Les Wexner is. I have been in his house. I went there with Arnold, and Arnold's like, holy shit. Oh, wow. This fucking dude. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah, look at this dude. He bought a ball there when we were there just to, for shits and giggles so we could have a place to have a party. This guy, and he's like, oh, whoa, Jeffrey Epstein. Je- he kicked his mom out of his company so Jeffrey Epstein could have a seat on the board. That's who Les Wexner is. And he had him wire up his house for security. And I know because the contractors, a couple of the guys who were wiring it, you know, because of my uh, relationship <laughs> during the time, you know, sent me stuff. I have a lot of friends at Columbus, Ohio. They're good people. They, they support my charity. <laughs> your, your relationship with Big Ten, Big Ten schools, Big maybe? Ten schools. Right. Yeah, Big Ten schools. So wait, so you, you served as a consultant on how to wire up a house properly? Right. Yeah. Wow. That's uh, why was why was this required? What exactly was the ultimate goal of well, having? Well, if you wanted your house wired, yeah. by somebody that knew how to, yeah. Well, you're like, I got Jeffrey Epstein in here. Yeah, I got right, that. Jeffrey He's Epstein. a fucking he knows. gold yeah. standard. Yeah, yeah, it's like when you go. So into everyone like, knows that he has his stuff wired up, and yeah. that he's good at it. Yeah. But you're, but you're saying maybe it's not for compromise. Yeah. Well, it's just yeah. you go. Well, to you got to think like, about it. He would also be on himself, and you know, and and uh, you know, people would be a, a little aware. And, you know, he, he, he's a big jerk-off guy, too. That was his thing. And he's very private and weird, you know, and he's a big uh, about him. And there's a very, there's a system. And uh, uh, G, you know, they had a very system. You know, she grew up, her dad, you know, she, you know, she's a, 
I, I always felt like she had a bit of the Stockholm uh, syndrome, you know. Her father, Robert Maxwell. Yeah, her father, Robert Maxwell, who died on, of, 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 uh, fell off the boat named... Uh, Lady Ghislaine. Yeah. Uh, uh, she was his favorite, I'm told, which could mean a lot of bad things. Yeah. But so she ends up penniless, basically, in New York. Jeffrey Epstein finds her. Jeffrey Epstein's a fucking... He has no manner. I mean, no, Jesus. But he, she teaches him about society. It's like My Fair Lady, fucking horribly wrong. Yeah. And he, he gives, he makes money, and which is a, the way he made money is kind of unusual. It's a pyramid scheme in a way because the guy that was his mentor had the biggest pyramid scheme before Bernie Madoff. He's in prison, so you're going to hear more about that money stuff, which is weird. That's where Les Wexner is speaking up right now because he's like, oh, he stole all my money. Yeah. So how did he get people into his pyramid? I mean, and who... It's was the same it way everybody does. Very you wealthy, make, right? Here's where you can make 25%. You got a secret, secret. But people are... Same way you get people to donate to fucking Jimmy Swaggart. Right. You know? <laughs> but he was doing this with very, very rich people. Well, yeah. Because they do take care of this top... You know, and then they fuck the people over. It's like Amway or the fucking... Mm -hmm. And then you make the pens of Amway the fucking head of your education department. That's what you do. Yeah. So... Uh, did somehow rich people win. Let me just tell you this fucking right now. They somehow win, and the poor people, the poor white trash, always lose. So a little more about Ted Waite. Uh, one of the funny things, actually, that came up that I have not uh, written about is that apparently, like, he had, like, a shitty ponytail and, like, stringy hair and just looked like ass. And then he met Ghislaine and then his hair was, like, shaved and he would wear tinted glasses and he looked like Jason Statham. Like, she made a man out of him. Mm. Oh, she's a stylist, too. And, and yeah, it's the she, same story that he's talking lady. about. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, same story. Like, she, she would be the kind of manners teacher. But then Epstein was like, oh, you taught me manners? I got a second job for you. Anyways, uh, so a little more about T Ted Waite. In 1993, he founded the nonprofit the Waite Foundation, which Tom references, and that the aim of the Waite Foundation was to, quote, restore coral reefs and fisheries. Now, this all does seem legit in terms of like, I'm not saying it's good or whatever, but it that is what they did, and they, they have activity showing that they did that. Apparently, Ghislaine got inspired because Ghislaine Maxwell, after she parted with Waite in 2010, founded the Terramar Project. That was in 2012. The purpose of that project was, quote, the protection of the oceans. Uh, Ghislaine later gave a TED Talk in 2014 on that topic. And honestly, like, I looked into Terramar, and they have so much shady shit. Like, it's... It, they paid $50,000 in legal fees one year, but didn't really have any activity. Like, there's lots of uh, incomprehensible... Oh, one of the main things they invested in was a uh, uh, a pillow and sheets company that was ocean-themed. Unclear how that helps anybody. Uh, but it was... Oh, yeah, it was, like, deluxe. It was, like, only for, like, rich people. It's like, okay, cool. Um, I would have liked that. I like marine biology and shit. Yeah, sure. Uh... So, okay, so here's an August 2019 New York Times article by Jacob Bernstein. The conviction of Mr. Epstein and the subsequent bad press for Ms. Maxwell wore on Mr. Waite, friends said. In 2010, they broke up, but Mr. Waite had donated at least $10 million to the William J. Clinton Foundation. That helped Ms. Maxwell keep some access to the world of the Clintons. She used connections forged at their summits to help with the 2012 start of the Terramar Project. 
Then later in the same article, In 2013, Miss Maxwell went to Reykjavik and participated in a conference for the Arctic Circle. Scott Borgeson, a former Coast Guard officer and a one-time Council on Foreign Relations fellow, also attended. He also appeared with her at the 2014 talk for the CFR, and according to numerous friends of Miss Maxwell, became her boyfriend. Three of those friends said she later described him to them as a Navy SEAL. Mr. Borgson declined to comment. Around that time, the Clinton Global Initiative announced a commitment to action from the Terramar Project. Little evidence exists that it amounted to much. Borgerson, if you remember, is the tech CEO who allegedly lived with Ghislaine Maxwell in Manchester-by-the-Sea, where she started going by G. The Terramar Project was shuttered in 2019, shortly after the latest Epstein and Maxwell allegations. Tom also alleges in this segment that Ghislaine Maxwell was under investigation in 2018 and that the investigators requested Ted Waite's flight manifests, which Ghislaine in turn requested from Ted because they were still in touch. Tom alleges that Ghislaine and possibly Ted helped the investigators connect the financial dots between Epstein and Trump. Tom claims to have acquired at the very least copies of these documents due to his friendship with Waite. The 2018 investigation into Maxwell makes sense. It is reported that she settled a lawsuit against her and Epstein that year, and Epstein was arrested in 2019, just a year later, so it makes sense that both of them were being investigated in 2018. Now, the claims that Ted Waite provided flight logs, however, and that these and other documents reveal the financial connection between Trump and Epstein have never been reported in the press. So Tom also claims that Trump was aware of the, quote, young women and wanted to be surrounded by them in a similar manner to Epstein. He alleges that Trump patterned his modeling agency, Trump Models, after Jean-Luc Brunel's agency, which was uh, the alleged feeder agency for Epstein's whole sex trafficking network. Neither of those claims have been reported on. Please note that Tom says there was no deeper connection between them. It was more just copy the blueprint. Now, Tom then claims to have spoken extensively with Epstein's ex-flight attendant in 2017 or 2018, and that this somehow led him to believe that Bill Clinton does not have a, quote, tape with these people. We could not verify this, and it has not been reported on. Another claim by Tom, Les Wexner had his house wired up for video recording by Jeffrey Epstein, who was known for being a specialist in the matter, and Wexner was so close to Epstein that he kicked his own mother off the board of his company to give Epstein her seat. Now, neither of these have been reported on or corroborated in the press. Tom Arnold claims to know this due to his, quote, relationship with people in Columbus, Ohio, which seems to refer to either security specialists or members of the intelligence community. I looked into this but could only find an FBI field agency located there. The CIA and the NSA are less forthcoming with addresses for obvious reasons. Funnily, Tom says that they, quote, support my charity and mentions, quote, Big Ten schools, which includes the University of Iowa. Tom also references Les Wexner's legal action against Epstein for, quote, misappropriating $46 million of Wexner's money. Now, Tom alleges that these legal claims are just a form of virtue signaling in the aftermath of the latest Epstein horror show and the renewed scrutiny of the Wexner connection. Tom then returns to Epstein, claiming that people were, quote, a little aware of his surveillance system in multiple homes and that, quote, he was a big jerk-off guy, which seems to refer to Epstein masturbating to images of those captured on video. He then states that, quote, there's a system, and that Ghislaine Maxwell was involved, whatever that means. Finally, Tom claims that Epstein used a pyramid scheme to make his money. 
This has been reported by multiple big outlets. The allegation was made by Stephen Hoffenberg, a convicted financial criminal in an affidavit that was part of a federal lawsuit which stated that, quote, Epstein and the corporations he formed were my co-conspirators. Epstein has remained free and has used and benefited from the ill-gotten gains he amassed as a result of his criminal and fraudulent activities. The main reporting on this was done by Vicki Ward, the author of the original damning Vanity Fair profile of Epstein in 2003, which the then-editor of Vanity Fair kind of forced her into editing to remove the name of the two victims that she had been speaking with. All of this apparently led to Epstein being kicked out of Bear Stearns in 1981 for a Reg D violation. Now, there is actually no reporting connecting those two things, so that might also be another new thing among the fucking deluge that uh, this episode contains. Hands down, the biggest bombshell of Tom Arnold's claims in this segment is that Epstein loaned money to Trump in 2008 after Russian billionaires allegedly stopped co-signing his loans. We'll get deeper into that with Travis later in the episode. Tom claims that when Trump asked for more money and Epstein refused, this led to Trump making Epstein persona non grata at Mar-a-Lago. The whole Trump kicks Epstein out of Mar-a-Lago thing has of course been reported on, but the alleged financial reasons behind it have never come up in the press. George and Simona Papadopoulos. George Papadopoulos is a former member of the Foreign Policy Advisory Panel to Donald Trump's presidential campaign, but he's most famous for kicking off the Trump-Russia investigation. So just to recap how all that went down, on March 12th, 2016, George Papadopoulos traveled to Rome to meet officials with Link Campus University for business unrelated to the Trump campaign. While on this trip, on March 14th, he met Professor Joseph Misford and told the professor about joining the Trump campaign. On March 21st, it was announced that Papadopoulos was one of the five foreign policy advisors for the Trump campaign. After this, Professor Misud took more interest in Papadopoulos and met with him in London on March 24th with a Russian woman posing as Putin's niece. Later in 2016, Professor Misud also happened to hire George's eventual wife, Simona Miajante. According to Simona, George first contacted her through LinkedIn in September 2016. She says she never mentioned Papadopoulos to Misfit. Misfit traveled to Moscow in April 2016, and upon his return, he told Papadopoulos that the Russian government had, quote, thousands of emails, end quote, that could be politically damaging to Hillary Clinton. On May 6, Papadopoulos met Australian diplomat Alexander Downer in a London bar, got drunk, and then told Alexander Downer about the Clinton emails. Two and a half months later, on July 22nd, WikiLeaks released the hacked DNC emails. This caused the Australian government to inform American officials about the encounter between Papadopoulos and Downer. And that information spurred a covert FBI counterintelligence investigation into possible coordination between Trump's presidential campaign and the Russian government's interference in the 2016 presidential election. That investigation's codename, Crossfire Hurricane. Papadopoulos was interviewed by FBI agents on January 27, 2017. He was arrested on July 27, 2017, and subsequently pled guilty to making false statements to FBI agents relating to contacts he had with agents of the Russian government while working for the Trump campaign. The guilty plea was part of a plea bargain he got for cooperating with the Mueller investigation. In 2018, George Papadopoulos and Simona got hitched. In a September 2018 interview with ABC News, Simona Papadopoulos said that Robert Mueller's team suspected her, an Italian national, of being a Russian spy because of her previous work as a diplomat at the European Parliament. Since late 2018, 
George Papadopoulos has been a key promoter of Spygate. This is the theory that Obama administration officials actively colluded with the campaign of Hillary Clinton and foreign governments in a politically motivated attempt to take down the Trump campaign and administration. He even published a book about Spygate titled Deep State Target, How I Got Caught in the Crosshairs of the Plot to Bring Down President Trump. The book claims that George was set up in a series of traps laid by the FBI, the CIA, and foreign intelligence operatives has received enthusiastic endorsements on Fox News, where Papadopoulos has become a regular guest. It has also made George a favorite in the QAnon community. Q has even linked to a few tweets by Papadopoulos. But the Papadopouloses also developed a close relationship with Tom Arnold shortly after they moved from Chicago to L.A. In a November 2018 tweet, Simona Papadopoulos tweeted a photo of herself, George, and Tom and said, Thank you, Tom Arnold, for stopping by and give us courage. You have been our rock in difficult times and a true friend. This was surprising for everybody because Tom Arnold, as we will explain in the following clip, is very much anti-Spygate and pro-Muller. On Twitter, the Papadopoulos are also a source of drama because of George Papadopoulos' mother, Kiki Papadopoulos. Uh, Kiki and her daughter-in-law, Simona, often have public Twitter spats. Uh, Kiki has accused Simona of being abusive towards George. The thing I love about George Papadopoulos, and and uh, I do love George Papadopoulos, and he's I'd been like here. To meet George. Oh, yeah, he's right. been here many times. I could get yeah, him on the right. phone right. But he second. loves Q. He loves that shit. Well, yeah. no, I we we, we, uh, we uh, he didn't know what it was. Right. He, he, he had to a uh, conference in uh, Atlanta. There, there was a QAnon conference that George was going to be a part of before it canceled. Yeah. But, well, uh, well, you know, Tom Franks. Uh, 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 T.A. Frank, uh, who writes for the, he wrote the Washington Post, uh, Sunday Magazine thing about them, and he wrote, he writes Vanity Fair stuff. He saw him tweet something, he goes, whoa, George, uh, you, do you know what that is? He goes, no, but I got a lot of followers. He goes, no, 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 George, George, George. <laughs> George. But here, George, let me tell you who George is. George is, you know, I've got there, you know, I'm waiting for the Spygate stuff to drop because I've got, yeah. been filming him for, yeah. since the day You, you and me more. both. Uh, it's just wait, wait. Are sorry. you saying Spygate? There's something to it? No, no, no. I'm saying it's it's all crashing down. But I, you know, I got their story. Both of them have been here, and they're both delightful. And they're both they're, they're the best story is who they really are. Yeah. And the best story is I, you know, we've documented everything about them, and I've got I've got so whatever tapes of Michael Cohen and these other people, that's nothing compared to what I got loaded up for Spygate. Because that's when you got to take Devin Nunez, all these guys. That's really Bill Barr. That's what we're going to show oh, yeah. Donald Trump. That's really what we're going to show. Because that's when you got to stand up for Mueller. That's when you got to stand up. Because Mueller could only do this. That's what I tested to see what's legal that Tom Arnold could do that the FBI can't do. Right. You know, because the FBI, those guys that are following these uh, Papadopoulos around, and they can only do so much. And, you know, you get to you see them. You get to know those guys. They can only do this much. Are you yeah. saying Papadopoulos is trying to take? I mean, he's on the good side of Spygate. Well, he, no, no. Here's the thing. No, he doesn't. Here, here's he grew up in. Let me tell you something about him. He grows up in Chicago. His uh, Chicago Bob, boy. his parents. Uh, he wanted to be Barack Obama was his hero. Because he grew up in Chicago, and then he's got his mom abandons him or something, and he gets all uh, messed up, and then you know he goes away. He go. He he was in such terrible positions before. He got involved with the Trump campaign, like dangerous positions. And, and all of a sudden, Donald Trump's, they're like, hey, you want to be the head of like uh, foreign relations? And like, sure. And he has no qualifications. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, put him in. And the situations that he got, 
you know, my thing with him is let's get straightened out where, first of all, the real story with you two, which I have, the real story, which I think is beautiful. It's not what the the Spygate stuff, but he also, he has no guile. So you'll be sitting there like this. He'll go, Tom, you you won't believe this. I go, have you even read your book? He goes, no. (laughs) He goes, but listen, listen, man, it's good. Let me tell you something. It turns out I was way more involved in this stuff than I, I thought. thought you I, know, I know. He <laughs> yeah. goes, oh, man. So you're literally saying that, that George doesn't know what he wrote about Spygate. He Spy doesn't. Game. No, he didn't. I go, who wrote it? He says the guy's name. I go, wow, that's crazy. That is crazy. <laughs> you look at the cover. So he's just sort of like Mr. Magoo, sort of bumbling around. He doesn't write his tweets. He's got, I know the guy that writes his tweets. I said, dude. You what? I said you better be. I, you, know, you need because, to stop with the QAnon shit. Well, oh, I, here's what I do. Whenever I think it's getting too much, I have I get I call those guys. I say I'm going to take pictures with you guys. First of all, I genuinely love, love those two because okay. there's so many crazy people in the QAnon, and anytime they're around me, the people are like, "What? That's that's the last straw. You're with Tom Arnold." Okay. But you know what? Imagine what it's like to be them. Imagine what it's like to be her. You're not from here. Right, people right, are right. fucking threatening you. His mother is threatening. He has the, the worst. Yes, his mother calls ice on her. There's bad what? marriages, but goddamn, his mother is calling ice on her you know, on the internet. What Kiki Papadopoulos? Yes, and listen, you know <laughs> Kiki Papadopoulos, and she's got her couple. Of, and then, and then, uh, you know, uh, and, 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 the, and then the wife. She she argues with her on Twitter. The first time I met him, I met him. A, I said I, I was walking through. Beverly Hills on, on uh, Beverly. It had been soccer. We've been to the kids at soccer. This is last. You can see on Twitter. Uh, nobody there at all. And we're walking. My kids and I are running. We've been to soccer. We're trying to get to California Pizza Kitchen. And there's two people sitting at an outdoor cafe. Just two people. And we walk by. And he goes, excuse me, Tom Arnold? I am George Papadopoulos. And this is my wife. I go, oh, uh, we heard we could trust you. I go, yes, you can. I go, wait, could we talk? I go, yes. I got my kids. We're getting to California I'd love to talk to you. I said, we did a selfie. And I did a selfie. Go, Give me your information. I had to put it in my phone because there's no way I can spell that name. And uh, <laughs> I said, let's get together. I said, i got to finish wrapping this show. Uh, we'll do it this week. And we got together. That was a Sunday. I think by Wednesday, we were together at the Soul House. Uh, he came down there. He met me. And we talked a little bit. He said, I should bring my wife down. She'll, she's very interesting. I go, you definitely should. She came. She lit up the room. It, uh, but the story that he had told me, by the time she got there, it was different, but it was better. She just adds fifty percent to everything. It's just better. And then I sat with them for a couple hours, and it was wonderful. And then they said, "I'm going to leave. I got to leave." They said, "Do you mind if we stay?" I go, "Absolutely not. Stay." And then I came home. I was here messing around. I looked on the Twitter feed. They're still down there. By now, she's called the police on Kippy Papadopoulos, the ex for threatening her. I don't know what's going on, but she's having a Twitter fight. But I realized they're still there. At the they, Soho House. Yeah, they're meeting people. They're like, <laughs> I'm like, what the hell is going on? The one thing I said to him when I first met him is, dude, hey, listen, I, I, I respect how brave you are going at people, but, you know, you signed this Mueller thing, and that's a big deal. I, you're contrite. I respect that. You said, I'm sorry. Don't, uh, don't ever uh, uh, say anything negative about the FBI or American, uh, uh, you know, any of these American... Uh, intelligence agencies or you know our institutions i see you going after with this uh this australia guy be i'd be wary of that too but uh 
just uh, just give me the word, Mueller. You won't ever. He goes, I gave you my word, and then uh, you know, and he he, he forgot that a little bit, but yeah. but I said I, I I'm uncomfortable with that, but I said I respect that because you know you read that he was that week he'd been very contrite. Said I'm sorry. That's a young man that's really inside there. Then he gets caught up in this stuff, and uh, and she's like, you know, but there are people that live where they live at that time mm-hmm. that are working for. For a government, they live on a row. They did, where there are people that have, uh, they are, they they're dual citizenship, and there are a lot of people that do work for for governments that live here, right? And we are aware of them, and so it's a, uh, and they're not super spies, but they do share information, mm-hmm. and they happen to be in a row of houses, apartment buildings that those people live. I uh, am aware of that, and uh, uh, and we are aware of that. People here that are. So they were living with a, a wife of a foreign national who, uh, so in my mind, uh, they're, wherever they go, wherever they meet, you know, we're aware of, uh, so when people are like, she's a Russian spy, he would say, I don't know, she's going to meet a guy tonight. She disappeared at three in the morning. I would say, she's not meeting a guy. Or she's not having an affair. I would say, I promise you, don't worry about it. They opened you know, an investigation, you know, Papadopoulos got drunk at a mm-hmm. fucking bar mm-hmm. and he was blabbing. Uh, you know, uh, uh, Simona did, her butt, her, that professor is, is a Russian, yes. fucking, he is a Russian, I, I don't know if you call him a spy, 100% he is. She worked for him. He went like this, here's how they met in real. He took a picture of the two of them he goes, I have never seen, and he went to George like this. And if you saw a picture of the two of them, you go, he goes like this, George. I have never seen two people that should be together more in my life. And George bought it. Because they should not, you know, because she's a bombshell. And he, you know, he's a, you know, he's a little, George Papadopoulos. Right. And, uh, a little and so he bought, but in this picture that I, that I saw, you're like, oh my God, he looks, you know. <laughs> So, and George's like, yes, and I and I saw what he meant. Like, and, but it also had their profile. So he said, but he went back to her and he goes, you, he's with the Trump campaign. Get to know him. And then George's like, we met in New York at a at the hotel at the airport. We didn't leave our rooms for four days. That's how they met. Now, since then, it's changed. But to me, that's the most romantic American love story. You know, now. Having sex with a spy for four days. But. That's well, but awesome. yeah, sure. <laughs> but, but I think if you, uh, if you, you know, the New York Times w- uh, are privy to some CIA stuff that, that maybe you'll, that you, you, you guys maybe are you guys journalists, but you could see no, eventually. I think journalist. when that, when the <laughs> comes out, they'll show that too. Uh, you know, cause George's being followed by the Mossad guys at the same time. So, they went to, uh, they end up in Italy. There's some, I've been uh, privy to read this. And you can see they're being followed by, and they he's got, they got kind of, they're very talkative. So they're confusing the people that are following them too, because they're like, what the, f- these guys are. Yeah. First of all, if they're spies, they're the worst. So you're <laughs> saying Mossad was confused because they were rambling. Right. And also the, somebody gave George $10,000 and said, take this to, right, right. and he did. <laughs> But oh, also, exactly. they're talking so much that I, I'm going to tell you the truth. The people that, that, uh, that I think the people here were like, got exhausted. The, you know, because <laughs> they each had a, 
they each had uh, somebody uh, from the FBI follow them. Right. And uh, okay, here's a story that I'm, uh, you're only going to hear here. Okay. So, uh, Mrs. Papadopoulos said, "I will help you. I will cooperate." And she got a uh, a emergency. She got a number. See something, say something. Mm -hmm. She was going to Europe to visit her mother. This is uh, in the in the last fall, and so she was going to help us. And so she was at Kennedy, getting ready to take off. And, and her, I'm not going to say his name, but she had two agents that were uh, uh, supporting her, uh, following her, whatever. They're supposed to be laid back. Mm -hmm. And I believe that one from Chicago was in love with her, the guy. And uh, I think he had a crush. I'm, I'm blowing this up more than it should. But it was something I mentioned, like, Dude, you're in love with her. Okay, because yeah. that makes it funnier to me. <laughs> yeah. Okay, tell me this. She's FaceTiming her mom, and her mom's like, oh, my God, you have a stalker. And, and behind her, the dude was like this. I mean, he's supposed to be, she's not supposed to see him, but her mom can see him standing behind her. FBI, FBI, FBI agent from Chicago may or may not have Let's had just had a call crush. him Duffy. It's yeah. a so, name like that. So I'm the FBI got that. horny on Maine. Around Papadopoulos. Well, it, maybe I'm blowing it up, and I'm like, <laughs> I, think, I think she should have lesbian but agents. But it's like, so, so wait, wait. So Ed, the FBI. The, the, but anyway, she did. And I, she said, uh, you know, she gave the, it gave a number. I said the idea was that she could go back there, see something. Say, hey, she she's not covering for any. I'm gonna tell you something. She covers for no one. That now she goes on TV and she says, I love my husband. I believe in him, which is true. She talks so much that he's, I mean, there's... So they no. got in trouble eventually, <laughs> yeah. Well, no, but she just tells, it's it's out there. And I think even Sean Hannity's like, oh, shit. These guys would be the worst uh, witnesses yeah. ever. <laughs> so in that clip, Tom Arnold says that George Papadopoulos didn't write his book, Deep State Target. Uh, the reporter T.A. Frank, in his great profile, The Surreal Life of George Papadopoulos for the Washington Post magazine, did mention that George's book, is ghostwritten. But uh, what's new is the claim that George hasn't even read it. Tom also insists that Professor Misfud is a Russian spy. He further claims that Simona and George got together because Professor Misfud took a photo of the pair and told George, quote, I have never seen anyone who should be together more in my life. Tom says that Misfud told Simona, quote, you, he's with the Trump campaign, get to know him, end quote. There's no reporting that supports the story and we can't corroborate it. In fact, Tom's story doesn't jive with reporting on the Papadopoulos courtship. Simona told Business Insider reporter Natasha Bertrand that she and Papadopoulos first met in person in New York in April 2017, about seven months after they first started chatting on LinkedIn. Cursed platform. Tom also says that he met George Papadopoulos after George approached him while Tom was trying to go to California Pizza Kitchen. This was uh, previously reported in uh, the Washington Post magazine. But what's new is the claim that uh, George told Tom, we heard we could trust you. And uh, I'm going to be real honest. For me, that creates more questions than answers about why the Papadopoulos and Tom Arnold are so tight. The elite, the deep state and Bill Barr. In the following segment, Tom Arnold references Bill Barr, the current attorney general of the United States. 
Barr was involved in minimizing the effect of the Mueller report, is currently leading the Epstein investigation, and has claimed in April of 2019 that, quote, spying did occur, end quote, against Trump during the 2016 campaign. The investigation, as Travis mentioned, did exist and went by the name Crossfire Hurricane because the entire government is written by Michael Bay. The players involved in the supposed illegal spying were Andrew McCabe, former deputy FBI director, Peter Stroke, senior FBI agent, and Lisa Page, an FBI lawyer. They are accused by QAnon people and Jake of putting Carter Page, who was the foreign policy advisor to Trump during his 2016 campaign, under surveillance not for his connections to Russia, as the FBI claimed, but instead, but instead to gain access to Trump's campaign and spy on it for Hillary Clinton. Carter Page will be explored in the next segment. Don McGahn also comes up. He is a former White House lawyer who played a pivotal role in the Mueller thing by quoting Trump as saying, Mueller has to go. Call me back when you do it. Congress has subpoenaed him as part of their potential impeachment attempt, but the Trump admin has stated that he has total immunity. So now some Congress people are pushing back against that, but who knows where that'll go. Another figure you'll hear mentioned is Matthew Whitaker, who was acting Attorney General of the United States after Jeff Sessions and before Bill Barr. This is all blowing my mind. Let me, if I could just, just really quick say this, because what, what's the most interesting about this, all of this stuff to, to me, is I grew up watching you, man. I yeah. mean, you, you are a legendary actor and comedian, oh, and, and and you've been in, in in some of my favorite fucking movies of all time. But you're also involved in this whole intelligence and like, and I mean, I mean, talking to you now, it's like talking to somebody who's like lived this past career as a spy. I mean, it's like oh, you, you're the fucking full package, man. It's no. it's fucking amazing. Come I, on, just just tell us which agency is your favorite. <laughs> just that your favorite. If you had to pick a child as your agency. Is it the NSA? Is it? Does it start with N? Does it start with C? Well, does it I start with the F? NSA. Don't you say about the NSA? <laughs> Uh, amazing. For the record, a... Tom gave me a very wary look. Like, don't fucking just don't take another step. Uh, no. he's, yeah, he's also called Julian weird a couple times, and also <laughs> yeah, and also true. possibly a fucker. So we yeah. know where Julian stands. Yeah. I just want to say that for the record. Yeah. Well, you know, you uh, the one thing I will tell you this is, you know, when, when people are like, okay, the country is it? Bill Barr is the Attorney General. Oh no, he's taking over. You know, and Donald Trump is it. You know, these uh, institutions all have 10,000 people that work uh, there. And they're, they're people that go to work 9 to 5. They work more than 9 to 5. And they've done this job forever. And it could be the people in immigration as you come across the border. Those people don't go, oh, Donald Trump is my boss. I'm uh, Whatever he believes, I believe. I am a racist. I am a, I am a bigot. I mean, they will follow the policies. But people are aware. And the same with, uh, you know, Andy McCabe is a, uh, was a guy that was the assistant to uh, uh, a director of the FBI and uh, right. and uh, who Donald Trump fired on uh, Christmas Eve to be took away his pension after working all those years. Yep. very politically motivated. His another Iowa connection. His wife's from Iowa. Her family know well. His brother-in-law is one of my best friends for twenty-five years. But here's a guy that goes to work every day for twenty years. Just a nerd, really. Yeah, you know that's that thing that people that we we know that people we grow up with just do. It, the concept of that and people get scared oh no Donald Trump it's all ruined all this stuff so they all he doesn't believe the intelligence so it doesn't exist anymore what if he's in control of all the intelligence what if Bill Barr does this stuff no no there's other people 
that it just keeps going. And that's the great thing about this. So country. you're essentially saying just there's going. a deep state right. that well, doesn't I mean, that doesn't care yeah. what Trump does. No, no. Yeah, well, no. America is 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 has these institutions. Now you get people that get into these institutions, and and because you always say, who are they? How's this commentator on Fox? He used to work in the Justice Department. He's a fucking idiot. Mm-hmm. And, and this uh, this guy was a Secret Service. This uh, B- Bingo Boingo. Yeah. How was he no. even a Secret Service agent? <laughs> they seem like they're smart. Dan Bongino. Yep. Oh, that guy's a what fucking a turn. Idiot. I know he he goes at it all the time. And there's guys that were actual judges and lawyers on there. You go. You, what you, a you mentioned idiot. Bill Barr. Bill Barr's dad gave Epstein his first job well, at the Dalton yeah, School. What's yeah. up with that? Well, it's a very small world. These. So that's they, just a these, mistake. You don't think Bill Barr is well, like doesn't act, is trying to cover up for Epstein? The actual elite world, the the li- real elite world. Mm-hmm. You know, the East Coast, the real elite white guy world, is a pretty small world. You'll see a lot of. You know, uh, Don McGahn, for instance. Now, Don McGahn is a lawyer that worked in the White House. He was the head. And people thought, that guy, that guy's going to be, oh, he's going to save us because he's honorable. And he's the one that said, oh, I'm a real lawyer. You know, and he was going to quit the Trump. Uh, but, you know, his his family, you know, worked for the mafia and helped Trump with his casino stuff. And he, But he was also partners with my friend, who's Andy McCabe's brother-in-law. So it's a small, the real elite world, the, the, the actual elite is a very small, they're all, you know, there's a very tidy thing. Uh, Bill Barr is a fucking scumbag. Bill Barr, here's Bill. The people that work for Trump either are incompetent or should have retired. Bill Barr should have retired. Now, he's promised uh, this, uh, uh, R- is it an RPG? Who's the, the Supreme Court Justice? RBG, yeah. RBG. He's promised her seat of the Supreme Court. That's why he is doing this. He has promised that seat if he hangs out and does everything. Do you think Bill Barr would, <clears throat> would kill her if he, if he could? Well, uh, he would. <laughs> no. Well, I mean, he'd he do every... I think she would kill him. But, you know, he's so smarmy and so stupid, and they're so confident. That's why it's going to be so. They're going to be a bad day soon. Trump's going to just melt down. Literally, he is melting down. I mean, it is. It is so great that all those guys go the same day. Yeah, that's what's great about this country. They'll go. You know, Matt Whitaker, yeah. the guy before Bill Barr, played football in Iowa, where I've seen him naked. He, Matt what? Whitaker, when he became the uh, temporary attorney general, our, my friends are so fucking happy because we all have the video from his, and I got to say, this is the best hot tub. He said it because before he did the Trump, before he started, he what he did is he said, I'm going to start sucking up to Trump on CNN. I'm going to be, a, to, he hated Trump. And he goes, I'm going to start sucking up to Trump to get a job in the Trump administration. Just and he started saying agreed with everything Trump said on purpose because his he had a fucking time machine hot tub. That I swear to God, he went to the electronic show oh, yeah, in we, Vegas. We, yeah, it was yeah, we, and it we, was we awesome. We know about it. Okay, <laughs> it was awesome, and and he said it to all the guys, and it was awesome. And he's there promoting, and he, he also had a uh, toilet for guys with giant penises with big dicks. Yeah, but yeah. it was not, it was bullshit. It was just a low flow toilet. 
is a regular toilet. <laughs> All right. That's the truth. Dude. He does it. That's a fact. You guys, we did a fucking whole episode about this. Trying you know to QAnon out. loves him. Yeah. We, yeah. 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 Well, guess what? Way into it. You know what? <laughs> he lost his, he lost his uh, what grocery store? He was a counsel for a grocery store. And he, and he screwed his boss's uh, wife, and he had to say lots of stuff. Oh, what's it called? Grocery something. Everybody in Iowa knows this. It's the best story ever. Oh, my God. It's so, in uh, Minnesota. Uh, so he's working for a grocery store, and he fucks the boss's wife. wife? Yeah. And that's why he, uh, the, but the writing on the document is so funny. It's actually inappropriate. But you've got to see the boss's wife. It's a, the, they're headquartered in Eden Prairie, Minnesota. Grocery barter. Uh, value Mart or something. Oh my God! It's so because it's so official. He was counseled for the home office. Oh my God! I just try. I tried to put that out there in a way that didn't appear that somebody I knew hacked it. Right. Into, you know, but uh, everybody and I was because no one, no one you know is hacking. You're not involved Nobody's in any kind of hacking. Yeah. You're Nobody not. Po- you're not Trump pulling up video too, feeds. He has of too many people. Trump has too many people with Iowa connections involved in his administration because that's where he started. So he made so many promises. To that Sam Clovis guy who Papadopoulos, everybody's connected. There's an Iowa connection, and and that's unfortunate because he didn't pick the best of Iowa. He picked these idiots, the conspiracy people. Yeah, it's like the like the last kids like waiting on the wall, like when you're picking teams in fucking softball or whatever. And he planted a bunch of them in every in the interior. I have the full list. I know who from Iowa is all in all these. it's it's not good. And so they're they're destined to move up, but we just have to make sure they don't because they're the worst. They're people that want to sell, you know, Yellowstone Park. They want to, yeah. you know. So uh, you're saying we need to make the deep state great again? Yes, yes. <laughs> what is it? What is the deep state again? Uh, the deep Rima? state is the concept is mm-hmm. it's a, a sedimented uh, uh, a group of people that have power that is not elected. Essentially, it's like the intelligence agencies. It goes beyond the presidency's beginning and end. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. <laughs> 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 oh my god, right. that is the best fucking right. shit ever. Right. Um, speaking of which, so what is your take? Right. What is your take on on Spygate? Because it looks like Barr and all these guys are kind of mounting. You know, they're they're hyping up this this IG report, and they're saying, you know, yeah. they're starting to leak. Like, what what is going to happen? I am with all that? for investigating the investigators. I'm all for the truth. Yeah, Carter Page, all these guys. You know, even that uh, Peter Strzok. Look at his fucking eyes. That guy has been traumatized from his fucking job. Yeah. He's a, he was the head of international fucking, uh, you know, think what he did for a living for this country all those years. And he evidently has some bad fucking years, right? He did some shitty things. But what did he do for this fucking country for 16 hours a day before that? He deserves, you know, he deserves to take a break. And now he's got incoming from... These asshole, idiot fucking congressmen who couldn't fucking lick his boots for what he's risked for this fucking country. Shame on them. So I looked into Tom Arnold's claims that Don McGahn's family were involved with the mafia in relation to Trump's casinos. This was reported on by the Washington Post in an April 2016 article by Ben Terrace entitled Trump's Own Beltway Establishment Guy, The Curious Journey of Don McGahn which explores the close relationships that Patrick McGahn, Don's uncle, built with Trump, including facilitating a deal where Trump paid double the value on a property owned by two brothers with mafia ties and, quote, put the title in the name of Patrick McGahn's secretary before transferring it to one of his corporate entities. 
Tom also claims that Bill Barr was promised Ruth Bader Ginsburg's seat on the Supreme Court in exchange for his work defending Trump against Mueller et al. This has never been reported on in the press, and we could not verify it. Nor were we able to verify Tom's allegations that, quote, Bill Barr is a fucking scumbag. But, hey, that sounds true. <laughs> we also could not verify that the ex-acting Attorney General Matthew Whitaker's big dick toilet was in fact just a low-flow toilet, nor could we verify that he screwed his boss's wife and subsequently lost his job at the national grocery chain True Value, for whom he worked as a corporate counsel. Carter Page. So in the next clip, uh, Tom talks about Carter Page, and Carter Page is an oil industry consultant who specializes in Russian and Central Asian oil and gas business. On uh, March 21st, 2016, Trump announced that Carter Page joined the Trump campaign as a foreign policy advisor. Because of Page's ties to Russia, this drew scrutiny from both the intelligence community and the media. Here's how the Mueller report describes uh, Page's Russian connections. In July of 2016, campaign foreign policy advisor Carter Page traveled in his personal capacity to Moscow and gave the keynote address at the New Economic School. Page had lived and worked in Russia between 2003 and 2007. After returning to the United States, Page became acquainted with at least two Russian intelligence officers, one of whom was later charged in 2015 with a conspiracy to act as an unregistered agent of Russia. Page's July 2016 trip to Moscow and his advocacy for pro-Russian foreign policy drew media attention. The campaign then distanced itself from Page and, by late September 2016, removed him from the Trump campaign. The Russian that was charged as an unregistered agent was Viktor Podobny. Igor Sporyshev is the other. But as Tom Arnold alleges, that's not the complete picture of Carter Page's relationship with those two Russian spies. The FBI obtained a FISA warrant on Page that was renewed three times and lasted until October 2017. Carter Page, like Papadopoulos, has been a key promoter of the Spygate theory and has denied ever working as a Russian agent. After the FBI released a redacted version of the warrant application on Page, he called the FISA warrant accusations ridiculous and misleading without providing a lot of detail. The Mueller report says that, quote, the investigation did not establish that Page coordinated with the Russian government in its efforts to interfere with the 2016 presidential election. However, with incomplete evidence of testimony about who Page may have met or communicated with in Moscow, Page's activities in Russia, as described in his emails with the Trump campaign, were not fully explained. But Spygate uh, basically posits that Hillary Clinton worked with the FBI to spy on Donald Trump's campaign. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's just so what are you thing. saying? What are you saying is going to come out about this? I mean, is, well, it, is that true? Basically? No, well, no. They're going to say that it was set up and they used that and the, uh, yeah, the Carter the Page was uh, a victim. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Carter Page was like sucking the dicks, literally, yeah. of, <laughs> of Russian spies. That's the thing. He's very needy. Literally. No, no, yes. That's going to come out, too. Literally. They, wait, wait. That's wait, what, are you, he, wait, wait. You're saying Carter Page was sucking off Russian guys. Okay, 2007, <laughs> 2003, okay, 2003 to 2007, I believe, Carter Page, uh, 2003 to 2007, Nine, maybe he lived in Russia. Right. 2015, uh, 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 two, there's two Russian spies. He sucked two dicks over here. 2015, one of those dicks, <laughs> one of those dicks was charged with aiding 
uh, uh, a foreign. Uh, yes. 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 Because yeah. he he had the he had the energy company or whatever yeah. he was trying to get yeah. off the ground yeah. or whatever. Yeah. And then those documents. And then those guys were involved in some other crime. Like yeah. Yeah. Okay. That, I, if I you read, read that the Mueller report, it mentions two guys. Those are two of the dicks he sucked. That's a fact. Okay. Uh, okay. He, but here's the thing. You feel sorry for him. You're like, well, why was he? But he, yeah, when he was in Russia, he had many, and you can suck anybody's dick you want. But if that's your need, if you're like, oh, but he's just very needy. Like, you know, he was, he just has a lot of uh, friends. And then he continues it over here. He's just a, a very flirty guy. It's not even like, you know, he's trying to set up that energy company to make money. Right, right, right. And he likes to suck a lot of dicks. Sure. Yeah, which well, is fine. Which yes, is fine, it is but, fine, but, but it's why, not that. Yeah. It's Russian spies. Maybe not sucks yeah. the Russian spies' dicks. Yeah. Yeah. But it's fun. It'd be exciting, except it's not as nefarious. It's, it's, he's a crazy person. So it's not like, so oh, I'm going to be careful yeah. whose dick I suck. I mean, it's super fun. Like, he didn't choose to suck a spy's dick. It kind of just oh, yeah, happened. Did. Well, oh, no, they'll they, they, they let him. He's like, oh, I'll get information on this guy. This guy is very... Oh, my oh, God. God. Yeah. So they they, they thought they could the... press Aaron, Car uh, Aaron Carter. They're like, boy, uh, this guy uh, has got a... This guy is uh, loose lips here. But let me tell you something. Here's the thing. With those spy gangs, when Sean Hannity has to go, yeah, this guy's a hero, this guy... Because they also hate gay people over there at Fox. They're like, What? That's the guy, because I would go like this. Look what he did for America. This guy sucks some Russian dick for America. That's a fucking <laughs> hero right there. Because yeah. I would be, if I got busted on his car page, I'd go, look, man, I'll do anything I can. I will fucking swallow for me. I'll do anything for my country. That was some nasty dick I sucked right there. I will do anything. I will go back and sleep with Rosanna again for this country. But, you know, I, I'd get out of that thing. I, I, but Carter Page is just, you know, he, he's just a, probably a sex addict. You know what I mean? Like, right. Dee, he's just got that thing. Well, yeah, because he's just, like, yeah. disappeared, basically. I mean, there was all the shit that came out. Yeah. And then he's just kind of, like, vaporware, like, shocking, into the fucking air. It's shocking how many people get on board something like this. He probably needs help. Right. Yeah, he, and, and I, I, mean, I understand there are people helping. This Sam Dunberg, there's all these fucked up people yeah, around oh God, Trump yeah. that just need some help. Now, to be perfectly clear, it has not been reported that Carter Page had sex with these Russian spies. In fact, Carter Page has never publicly spoken about his sexuality. So he cannot corroborate Tom's claim that Page is flirty, needy, a sex addict, and sucked Russian spy dick. That was 100% on Tom. Michael Cohen and Jerry Falwell Jr. So in the first half of the following interview segment, Tom Arnold talks about secretly recording people. And Tom famously recorded Donald Trump's longtime fixer and lawyer, Michael Cohen, shortly before Cohen went to prison for fraud and perjury. Uh, that recording was made while Tom was in Canada, and sections were later published by the Wall Street Journal. As Tom makes clear, he's a little unfamiliar with laws about recording people. In the interview, Tom tells us about a text conversation he had with Michael Cohen about Canadian law. In the second half of the interview segment, Tom talks about Jerry Falwell Jr. And Jerry Falwell Jr. is the president of the evangelical Christian Liberty University and is often the face of the evangelical movement. Back in January of 2016, Falwell Jr. surprised many when he endorsed Donald Trump for president over Ted Cruz prior to the Iowa caucus. Recent reporting has implied that some dirty dealing may have been involved in Falwell Jr.'s endorsement of Trump. 
Falwell Jr. and his wife, Becky Falwell, apparently befriended a 21-year-old pool attendant named Giancarlo Granda while they were staying at the ritzy Fontainebleau Resort. They then welcomed the pool attendant into their lives, began flying him around on a private jet, and even put up millions of dollars to help his business ventures. And personally, I don't judge, but uh, as many observe, this seems like a strange lifestyle choice for an evangelical leader. It was reported by Aram Rustin for Reuters that Falwell's endorsement came months after Cohen provided some help to the Falwells in 2015. Cohen helped Falwell and his wife prevent racy personal photographs from becoming public. At the time, Cohen was Trump's confidant and personal lawyer, and he worked for the Trump Organization. The New York Times reported that in a recording made by Tom Arnold, Michael Cohen said this, I was going to pay him. And I was going to get the negatives and do an agreement where they turn over all the technology that has the photographs or anything like that, any copies. But, according to Cohen, the payoff for the photographs never happened. Here's how Cohen said that issue resolved. Uh, The guy just either deleted them on his own or what have you. In the interview segment, Tom also makes reference to Trump's involvement with Deutsche Bank. The Germany-based Deutsche Bank has provided many loans to Trump's businesses over the years, even at times when other banks would not work with the president. On August 27th, Deutsche Bank said in a court filing that as tax returns relevant to the House Democrat subpoenas for financial records of President Trump, his family, and his businesses. With all that in mind, here's the clip. Yeah, I met the guy that created the twitchy uh, thing, and then I met all the people that created all this stuff, and then... I said, well, if you, this stuff is, let me just say this. I just said, what is illegal? And uh, yeah. don't want to do that for sure. <laughs> yeah, <right>. But everything <laughs> up to no, that. No, but yeah, the only way to line. know what's illegal is to to do it. And if you do it, and then I say, because I'm, I'm new at it. And then I say, oh, that's illegal. It's like when I first started recording people, like I called Mark Burnett on his cell phone. I recorded on camera. Right. And then I find out later, you know, I've done a lot of mistakes. I've, you know, I do these, then you find out later, because they've always give you a pass. A bunch, bunch of yeah, price. yeah, yeah. If it's just an innocent yeah, mistake. Now, now see, a real journalist would know in advance, oh, that's a, but when these guys are so bad, you know, you know, I'm just, I'm not, a, I don't know the rules and the laws. Yeah. You know, it's like Michael Cohen. I call, I didn't know if you're in, uh, in fact, he sent me the law. That's the funny thing after that. I actually have it from him afterwards. I go, what? I go, I was in Canada. Wait a minute. You can't record people. You recorded Michael Cohen, yeah, right? Yeah, I recorded Michael. Yeah, yeah. He said, he sent me, I go, you know, I need a lawyer, Michael. I, is that the law? Yeah, he goes, what? That's, what do you mean is that the law? I go, I don't know. And he texted me the law. That's the funny part. Of course, yes. <laughs> I know you see his text. You would know. Michael Cohen famously also recorded Trump a lot. Well, of course, he yeah, and journalists. And journalists, yeah. And, and journalists. And uh, he was recording me that time, too, I'm sure. <laughs> Wait a minute. But that funniest thing was, he goes, are you, are you, did you record me? I go, yeah. He goes, you know that's illegal. I go, is it? <laughs> well, he goes, yes. I go, where were you? I go, that's out of the country. So I figured so. that uh, I want to make sure the NSA recorded too. He goes, so. I goes, uh, did you? I goes, video. Video's not illegal, is it? He goes, what the? F-? I go, I didn't record you when we were talking. I was did. Uh, he goes, I go, what is the law? I'm like, are you sure? He goes, yes. <laughs> I go, I, I go, you. Oh man, are you a hundred percent? I was in Ottawa though. Is that even? Where is that? <laughs> he goes, I am. Are you? But you know, he obviously That's he, how it works. You just do things, and if it's listen, illegal, and Michael then I Cole kept going. I go, are we faking? Is this a fake conversation? Oh, I got to show you this thing. Oh, here it is. 
Here, can you read those? That's so this is Michael Cohen's text to, to me. Tom yeah. about the law. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, and it's perfect Michael that Cohen Travis sent, is reading this. <laughs> he sent you the law. It says, Canada. Canada has an all-parties consent approach. To record a call, you need to obtain informed consent by notifying others on the call. One, that you intend to record the conversation. Two, any purposes the recording will be used for. Three, that the call may be recorded with each person's consent. Well, it's very strict. Well, yeah. That, but you know what? <laughs> Very strict. It was too late. <laughs> Fucking Canadians. Yeah. I'd already right, right. done it. Call me important, it says. Well, oh, did you record our conversation? Yes. Please call me from a landlord. Line. It's your phone. I heard you. But you didn't hear me. That's what the, I don't know what he's saying there. So this is your these are your texts with him. Most Michael Cohen. Yes, yeah. he always gets so bad, but then he's like, keeps calling. <laughs> <laughs> Keeps coming back for more. <laughs> no, he knows what he's doing. He loves, anyway, so he loves the Tom. Here's the point. Yeah. He needed to get that out there. He legally couldn't say it publicly. Right. I right. said, you know what I'm going to do? I'll record it. Then you can say, Tom Arnold's an asshole. He recorded me. Yeah. Then and you then get, you can get yeah. your message yeah. out. Yeah. And then uh, my buddy, uh, Michael Rothfeld at the Wall Street Journal, just won a Pulitzer for the brilliant work about payoffs between uh, uh, the president and uh, uh, David Pecker and all these stuff. He just, he's a great investigative journalist. I called him and said, hey, listen to this tape. Tell me if there's anything there. And he took it, cut a diamond out of this long rambling tape of us. He put, took it. They didn't need me. They said, and they took a Wall Street Journal writer. They, they took a, a, the uh, digital version of this is so good. Because they put some music behind it. And, <laughs> and they sit there, and there's a guy sitting there that looks official, and he's explaining what Michael Cohen is talking about, yeah. what these uh, these crimes are, and what he's saying he did to the average guy like me. So I understand what he's talking about. It's very effective. Then the day after Michael Cohen went to, to prison, uh, May 7th, then I started the Jerry Falwell Jr. stuff. Wait, but what are the crimes that he admitted to you? <laughs> no, he, he admitted not committing crimes. See, right. he, he couldn't... His deal, he was about ready to go to prison. He was like, <laughs> he was like this, uh, listen, uh, I can't say publicly that I did not commit these crimes I said I committed. And it's very frustrating. I go, oh, I got, I got a quick solution. Let's talk about it. And uh, yeah, I got it. Just tell me, oh, I'm going to call you. So I call, he calls me. We're talking away. And all of a sudden he's like, oh. Abinati's about to get indicted on live TV. Oh my God, let's watch that. Holy He's so happy about that. And then, you know, because there are two dudes, we get back on the phone and we, I just, he starts bad mouthing Abinati and I just go along with it. I'm like, yeah, fucking Abinati. And I, I just did Abinati's uh, radio show this morning. Yeah, I'm like, Abinati, yeah, what an asshole. You know, he just bad mouthed everybody. So we bad mouthed him for a while. He gives a very thoughtful explanation because I don't understand financial crimes about there's some terminology that you just, I just don't understand. And I said, just tell me slowly exactly what you did not do. And, um, <laughs> and, then, I, and then I said, I had a hit list. I said everything. I, you know, obviously Jerry Falwell Jr. was and the pool boy. That's what I wanted to hit. Well, but tell, tell us more about Jerry Falwell Jr. and the pool boy. Okay, here we go. Um, <laughs> here's a story about Jerry Falwell Jr. and the pool boy. Yesterday, uh, my buddy, uh, Aram Rostam, who's, who wrote the, who's from Reuters, he wrote the original Jerry Falwell Jr., pool boy, Becky Falwell Jr. story. Way back, there's this beautiful pool boy named Giancarlo Grande. Very handsome young man. And uh, he was a pool boy down in Miami at the, uh, the Fountain Blue. He was very close to the Falwells. He's 21, very handsome dude. They became enamored with him. They flew back and forth. Jerry did. 
to uh, Liberty University. He never went to Liberty. They uh, gave him $2 million to open up a youth hostel, gay-friendly youth hostel. He, they were in love with him. They introduced him to Donald Trump. They uh, things went sideways. He had a wait a second. Are you saying that Jerry Falwell yeah. and Jerry Falwell Jr. and Trump are kind no. of Jerry Falwell's dead? But uh, <laughs> right, right, right. Uh, but Jerry Falwell Jr. Uh, was getting blackmailed. Somehow, pictures of Becky Falwell Jr., his wife, pool boy, mm-hmm. and uh, Jerry Falwell Jr. who took the pictures. Hundreds of those pictures ended up public, and he was getting blackmailed. Wait, wait. So the pool boy had sex with both of them, or what? Well, when you say sex, that's an interesting way to put it. There was a love, weird, inappropriate. Jerry Falwell Jr. was very uh, inappropriate with people. And to call it sexual, he would walk into a a restaurant. And there's more than one pool boy, by the way. There's one uh, named Omar who's Muslim. You know, it, the irony is these guys are so anti-LGBTQ and build the wall Muslim that that's what, uh, you know, besides the crimes, the financial crimes of going, yeah, we're supporting, uh, uh, they were supporting Ted Cruz right up to the Iowa primaries. And Michael Cohen, who had helped it originally to suppress the uh, people that were uh, uh, blackmailed him. This father and son, both named Jesus, by the way, which I thought was pretty awesome. <laughs> I, they probably pronounced it Jesus. <clears throat> anyway, these guys, uh, uh, then he comes back, he goes, hey, listen, man, I really... Now, Michael will tell you, I didn't blackmail him, but Jerry Falwell no- Jr. knows, and you hear on this tape, Michael Cole's like, yeah, the picture's awful. I kept one. There's a pause. He goes, I kept one. Now, when I heard that on that tape, I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm coming to New York City right after, right now. Yeah. So I flew down to New York City. And you could see my Twitter feed. I got everything. I didn't just get that Falwell stuff. I got everything Michael Cohen had before he went to prison. Like every document that has to do with Trump that he because he already testified for Congress and he wanted Congress to go back in front of Congress to lower his sentence, but Congress was so busy and the time was running out and I had to go down there. So of all people in the world, so, you know, so this stuff with Trump's taxes that's going on now, the yeah. co-signers, the Russian ones, oh, yeah, I know who they are. Oh, so yeah. <laughs> Deutsche Bank will tell you in the next three weeks, but Michael Cohen knew, and, and I know, and if I know, 10 other people know. And so same thing with Jeffrey Epstein. I asked specific questions. I said, what, uh, you know, people uh, like Julie K. Uh, Proud, my, one of my heroes that I work with from uh, the uh, Miami Herald, uh, and yep. she's been amazing. And she said, "You, I want, she had, I had a list of questions from her for Michael Cohen before he went to prison. Like, the weekend before he went to prison. So a lot going on there. Uh, in that <laughs> clip, Tom says that Jerry Falwell Jr. was being blackmailed by a father and son, both named Jesus. Tom is almost certainly referring to Jesus Fernandez Jr. and Jesus Fernandez Sr. In 2017, Fernandez Sr. and Jr. filed a lawsuit that alleged that the father and son helped conceive of a business venture to set up a low-cost hostel with the pool attendant and uh, Falwell, but uh, the, the father and son team were wrongly cut out of the deal. The lawsuit says that Fernandez Jr. was a close friend of Giancarlo Granda. 
To make things more complicated, Fernandez Jr. and Sr. recently changed their legal name, allegedly because of the lawsuit for some unknown reason. Fernandez Jr. became Gordon Bello. His father became Jet Bello. The fuck? So just to summarize, uh, Tom Arnold alleged that two people whose current names are Gordon Bello and Jet Bello blackmailed Jerry Falwell Jr. with racy photographs involving the former pool attendant Giancarlo Granda. Tom Arnold also said, quote, there's more than one pool boy, by the way. There's one named Omar who's Muslim. There's no reporting that that uh, supports the claim that the Falwells were involved with another pool attendant. Tom also says that there were Russian co-signers of Trump's loans from Deutsche Bank, and this information will be public in the next three weeks. Tom says that he knows this because he acquired Michael Cohen's documents regarding Trump. I should note that MSNBC host Lawrence O'Donnell recently reported that Russian oligarchs were co-signers of Trump's Deutsche Bank loans, citing a single source close to Deutsche Bank. However, Lawrence O'Donnell issued a retraction and apology after Trump's personal attorney, Charles Harder, threatened NBC Universal with a defamation suit for that thinly sourced reporting. Harder also warned other outlets against republishing the allegedly false statement. So I want to emphasize that um, this, we are just relaying what Tom Arnold said. But, you know, at the same time, if Trump threatened us with legal action, that actually would be pretty good PR for the podcast. I suppose so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, and technically I'm still anonymous. Sure. So, you know, instead, I am just going to go ahead and say that Russians co-signed Trump's Deutsche Bank loan. So this is me, Travis View of the QAnon Anonymous podcast, asserting that it is a fact that Russian billionaires close to Vladimir Putin co-signed President Donald Trump's Deutsche Bank loans. The QAnon Anonymous podcast does not endorse any of this information. Oh, that, the views of Travis Viewer. That's right. That's right. I'm speaking, I'm speaking my own here. I would like to further make it perfectly clear that no, I'm a the certain... podcast yeah, endorses it too. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Jake Barker Tansy does not endorse <laughs> right, any of the right. views of Julian Robert. <laughs> yeah. I would like to make it uh, perfectly clear that I am asserting that this is true with actual malice, that is, with reckless disregard of whether it is false or not, which is the legal requirement imposed upon public officials when they file suit for libel per the 1964 Supreme Court ruling New York Times uh, Company versus Sullivan. I check defamation laws in California, and plaintiffs can only recover damages if a correction is demanded within 20 days after knowledge of the statements claimed to be defamatory. So the clock is ticking. So if you are a representative of Trump's personal law firm, Harder LLP, you can send a threatening letter to QAnonAnonymous at gmail.com and my personal email. That's TravisMView at gmail.com. <laughs> the P-Tape. Time for dessert. Open your mouths wide. Mentioned in this segment, Christopher Steele, who is a former British intelligence officer that retired in 2009. He subsequently founded a private intelligence firm called Orbis Business Intelligence. Long story short, Steele was hired by the DNC via Fusion GPS, a political dirt-digging outfit, to do opposition research on Trump. The dossier contained a claim that Trump had been compromised by Russian intelligence, who had a tape of Trump ordering a sex worker in a Moscow hotel room to urinate on a bed Obama had previously slept in. This was supposedly in 2013. It became known as the P-Tape. Uh, one thing I wanted to ask was you mentioned Christopher Steele, yeah. uh, and he famously put out, you know, the dossier, the P-tape kind of allegations or whatever. So just just a jab at Trump, or are those real? Well, my buddy David Korn and Michael Isikoff, two respected journalists, mm-hmm. two guys I know. Uh, uh, what I will tell you is this. Uh, the summer before, now I lived in Russia. I lived at the Ritz-Carlton 2015. Uh, I filmed the movie there. I know the suite they're talking about. It was a, I lived a floor below. The guy that financed the movie I was in is Trump's friend, 
who threw the party. So I have a little bit of, I talked to the people at the hotel about the party after the Miss Universe contest. Mm -hmm. I know the guy that was sitting next to Donald Trump, uh, Chuck LaBella, his wig man, very good friend of mine for many years, who, who told me about the party with the women after the in 2013. He didn't know Trump was going to be president. He told me about the call for Putin that to, you know, about supporting Trump to be president. And also about the guy they called Putin, who also co-signed Trump's loan. It's one of those names, the Russian names. Mm -hmm. Lots going on. So here's what happened. That summer before that, Trump was in Vegas talking about the Miss Universe thing. He went out with a bunch of guys. Court has a picture of Trump at a party in Vegas a, a, where a show is called Hot for Teacher. Vegas has great shows. And a woman is peeing into a fucking uh, a, a champagne flute, which is hard to do, I think, if you're a woman. Yes. I could do it because I'd stick my dick right in the top of it. Yeah. 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 Like if I, I wish that was my job. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I could do it driving. It would be dangerous. But, so you can see Trump see that, and his mind is going, peeing. Whoa, woman, pee, woman, pee. So but by the time he gets to Russia, that party is wrapping up. And uh, it's not like pee, pee on me. He doesn't want people to pee on me. Although this, this thing that he's a germaphobe is bullshit, too, because he had he fucking raw-dogged a porn star. <laughs> right, so, right. right? So he's a scumbag, too. So I, I, I'd, I'd be shocked if he wipes his ass good. Right? For real. Think about that. Right. Yeah, yeah. Th think about that, Travis. You think about what? it. I've actually deeply. never yeah. thought about that, but the moment you mention it, I've, I realize it's true. Yeah. So he's there. They have the party. They, they send the girls over. You know, whatever happens, and he knows that's Obama's bed. And to make phone calls out of that, if you're the president, they have to bring in this cone, this uh, it's, it's sort of shaped like a, a kayak. And the president Obama would had to crawl in there when he was there, in 2009. To make even phone calls. That's what you have to do. I'm just telling you. Okay. Yeah, for because intelligence. And there's a name yeah. for that thing, too. So you have to slide. Obama sort of slid in there. And that's what Trump would have to do, too. It had to be a big fucking go. But that's the real deal. Look it up. There's a name for that thing. And uh, and that's the room. And they said, this is his room. That's his bed. And that Trump is walking out the door and kind of a throw, throw away. Hey, piss on that. That's the piss on it. So, you know, these are Russian. Oh. And by the way, I interviewed these women. I interviewed for for Vice. I interviewed friends. There's one high price. I don't know if you call her a madam in that Ritz Carlton area right. of yeah. Moscow. There's one person that's in charge of all the sex workers. Okay, one person, and they pee a lot over there. It's one of their things. <laughs> all right, and common so, request. Yeah, and they also pee to set up businessmen there, Belarus, other places. And so I set. Uh, uh, a producer over there to interview the prostitutes, the sex workers, right. and they're fucking hilarious and they're nice, and uh, but it, it was it was a pretty intense uh, stuff. But that's part of what they do for the FSB, which is the old KGB. It used to be something they always did with the businessmen, but that's just an easy thing. It's better than you know if you imagine what's the worst. How do we get something uh, you know something on somebody? Well, we could do that, or just an easy. Because you can always pee, pretty much. Right. Hey, I'll get some pee. Uh, you know, taking a dump, you got to work on that. You're yeah, like, sure. hey, what do I got? Effort. 
So I looked into Tom's claim about the show in Vegas. Michael Isikoff and David Korn did indeed write a book that mentions a club called The Act, which had a show called Hot for Teacher, which did involve women simulating urination into a wine glass, among other things. It is documented that Trump visited the club in June of 2013, the same year the P-tape was supposedly recorded. But it is unclear whether Trump saw the skit or whether it was even performed that night. Now, we obviously could not verify the P-tape story, and Isikoff and Korn claim in that book that even Christopher Steele himself told his colleagues that he was, quote, 50-50 on the story's veracity. Neither could we verify any of the claims Tom made about Trump's post-Miss Universe party, nor the call Trump supposedly received from Vladimir Putin in support of his presidential run. Same with the supposed call from the unnamed Russian oligarch to Putin, an oligarch purported to have co-signed loans to Trump. We have no comment and did not research whether Trump can, quote, wipe his ass good. We can confirm that Travis has indeed taken a moment to, quote, think about that. (laughs) We also looked up the supposed kayak-shaped thing Tom claims was used to make important calls without being surveilled by the Russians, but could only find a security tent Obama used for these purposes. It's the size of a small room. I'm not sure how that relates to the alleged piss-soaked bed, or whether there's a smaller version of the security tent that is, in fact, shaped like a kayak. Tom, you've been you've been magnificent to us. Um, thank you yeah. for having us Jesus. in your home. You thank you for spilling yeah, such you. wonderful tea. We really appreciate it. Yeah, thank I appreciate, you. I appreciate what you guys do. Yeah. Do you still like Travis? <laughs> I do <laughs> like. I oh, like good. all you guys. I think good. you're a good threesome. I think it's <laughs> exactly. Good, yeah. I, I think that that that. Uh, that that you you separately you might be boring or annoying. <laughs> which is agreed. 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 Yeah. Boring. Absolutely. No. It's but, totally no, true. For real. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. I think the three of you, you know, I think it's a great group. Oh, oh we appreciate yeah. it, Tom. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. I man. think it's a good. That's what you want. You want a family. Yeah. Because yeah. I could also. I'm a lot. I know that. <laughs> I don't right. sit with people. I don't. You know. I. This is a big deal that you're yeah. here. I. And there's a reason you guys are here. We're grateful. I appreciate it. Yeah, well, thank, thank you guys you. for being here. Okay, well, uh, because this episode is already really long, we've reserved our sweaty, reeling discussion of it, alongside a few other juicy nuggets from the interview, for our premium episode coming out in a couple of days. The segments that we put in that one include mentions of Sebastian Gorka, Mike Cernovich, and Tom's struggle session about Al Franken. Plus, there's a Jake story called Q Lies, based on the Tom Arnold and Arnold Schwarzenegger classic True Lies. So visit patreon.com slash QAnon Anonymous. And for just five bucks a month, you'll get access to all the premium episodes we've made so far and a new one every single week. Your support allows us to remain editorially independent and helps us progress towards complete self-sustainability. Thank you. And I I definitely want to uh, extend a special thank you for Tom for inviting us into his home and for his assistant, Ben, for making things so easy for us. Indeed. Agreed. Yeah. Listener, until next week, may the deep dish bless you and keep you. Now, you guys are smart. You guys will become intelligence assets. I'll be like, um, uh, I'll be like, uh, what's his name? Joe Pesci and his brother in Casino. They like take us out to the cornfields and like bury us alive. Oh yeah, you're gonna be in the middle of one of your stories, and the, and the shovel's gonna hit the back of your head, and you're gonna fall into an open grave. <laughs> <laughs>